All right, it's deciding time. Um, welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast, your weekly source for people taking video games too seriously. Uh, this week, we're going to be doing some game of the year kind of wrap up stuff, not the actual game of the year discussion. That's going to come next week, likely. Uh, for now, however, we are going to be talking about a few topics to wrap up the end of the year. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. Um, with me is Dean Takahashi. Go ahead. Say hi, Dean. Hello. And my cohort and subordinate, Mike Minotti. Why, why do you keep calling me that? That's not true. Because if I, if I keep saying it long enough, it's going to be true. Uh, and then, that does, that'll that be is really how good. things work. I believe that. Yeah, hey, you see my, did you see my Mega Man custom controller that I got That from is a handsome controller. What, what, did you order that yourself? Like, what yeah. happened there? What is uh, Mega Man? <laughs> that was one of my, Chris, one of my birthday gifts was like a, res, a voucher to do it. That so. is cool. I really yeah. like that color scheme. Oh, thank you. The thumbsticks. What? Why? Why are they red? He has he has some red accents. Um, okay. On his helmet, in his little circular thing on the helmet, and uh, in the Mega Buster, in on his shoe, and like on his feet. If you can like, when he has them raised up, there's some red accents there. So there's a little bit of red in Mega Man. Yeah, just a bit. But I had to get cool. that in there. Well, that is cool. I I really like doing that. Uh, the the, the Xbox Design Lab thing for my controller. Super fun. Yeah, I did Michigan Colors for right. Michigan University, it, the, and it worked really well. You're right; it's super fun. I was really happy when I. The, got the only kind of downside is that, like, you know, when I play my Xbox One, I want to use the Elite, not the the super cool color one. I know the the, the S one though is is pretty good in some ways that the Elite was. Like the sticks are like I think mm-hmm. even better uh, in terms of resistance than the Elite. Although maybe they've changed the Elite and now they're using those sticks, but. That's a topic for another time. But I'll probably um, use this. Maybe I'll use this as like my PC game controller for. Yeah, stuff I, like that I have my S, my Michigan one sitting now in the family room for like controlling the Xbox, and then the, the Elite is kind of put away until I want to use it because my wife also uses the Xbox to watch TV and stuff. But she also she's an Ohio State fan, so she won't touch the Michigan controller. So <laughs> I actually have to have two Good girl. sitting out. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we don't we don't have a ton of time, and we got a couple of topics today, so we're gonna jump into them. Um. We're, we're going to be talking about the, uh, let's see, the defining gaming trends of the year, the top mobile games, and the best new gaming universe. Now, I'll explain what each of those mean as we get into them. But before we do that, uh, th- I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, you can get more of us on gamesbeat.com. Uh, email the podcast at games plus, that's the plus sign, podcast at venturebeat.com. And finally, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe. We're on all the podcatchers. We're on anywhere where you catch a pod. You can catch us there. Catch all the pods. Catch but every ours, pod. Ours Mostly is the ours. most. Yes, uh, ours is the most. Yes. Put ours in your starting rotation of your of your pod fighting, whatever, whenever you go out and fight pods. Um, and while you're on iTunes, leave us a review. It helps people find the show. Okay, guys. Uh, yeah, like normally we would do an inter- like a little bit of intro here where we talk to each other a little bit more. Uh, I, I do want to know more about that controller. I want to see it more. But we're going to have to jump right into this because we're limited on time. Dean's going to get out of here in about 45 minutes. So we should jump into the first thing that I want to talk about. And this is going to be part of our Games Beat Rewind feature. And this first topic is 2016 was the year of blank. Now, I want to fill in that blank. Uh, And I think that we're going to have to come up with a a few here, maybe come up with a list of stuff and then just pick one to decide what 2016 was the year of in terms of gaming. So do you guys have anything you want to start with here? Because if not, I've got a couple that I'm ready to suggest. It, it's well, it's odd because I feel like we've had we probably had these before, but it seemed like it was the year of first person shooters again, right? Like so many of the good games, even games that you weren't expecting, like Doom or you know out of nowhere, Blizzard makes the best team based shooter ever, you know, and then 
Uh, Titanfall 2, really good. Old, Best battlefield. person shooters in there too, right? Yeah. Um, well, Uncharted for sure. Uh, then what else besides that? I mean, Gears of War 4 was, was Gears a of War. solid Gears of War. I guess you could just say solid. shooters. And I mean, yeah, it's 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 weird because like not none of them are necessarily except for maybe Doom you could argue are breaking a lot of new ground, but just a lot of really good shooters. This they're just year. they're just well, like, even like uh, games class. that are not really shooters uh, primarily are just sort of having you know just adding the shooting element or keeping the shooting element. Watch Dogs Two has shooting shooting and. SX Mankind Divided as well is is more of a shooter sure, than it whatever was. But just yeah, like the I, pure shooters, man, were just pretty good this year. And like I kind of am usually of this mind, like I'm just tired of like a game that's just a pure shooter. Like I need more to that. And this year I was kind of proven wrong on that. A lot of the yeah. most fun games were just pretty simple, like, hey, go shoot stuff and yeah. Is it is this part of a bigger trend though, maybe of the sort of co- like gelling of a bunch of different genres? into like one mega genre where, you know, doom was definitely just a shooter, but you know, it, it well, maybe doom is a bad example, but like <laughs> Titanfall, it feels like you could do anything. You're in, you're in mechs, you're running around. Uh, it's telling a story. It's doing all this other stuff. And it just feels like it's pulling elements from other game series and putting them into the shooter genre as like its main primary uh, way of defining the game. But then it, it, you know, it's plenty of other elements in there that still feel like because I, I compared that game to like Super Mario Galaxy, like the way it's designed is like it, it feels what like one level after another. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a really good platformer at the same time. It's sort of like some of these games are almost more like you know a combination of everything, right? Like open open right. worlds, uh, RPGs, Deus Ex is uh, the, the combination of that. It's both a stealth game and a and a sheer offensive game as well. See, see, I've kind of, I kind of almost have like maybe there is a bit of that going on, but I almost have yeah. this opposite feeling where the the games I really liked were maybe a little bit more laser focused. Uh, with, you know, I know what you're saying with Titanfall, but I, I would still say that's a pretty pure first person shooter experience in a lot of ways. I would it's done actually, very, I would very actually well. in the end, I would agree with you. I, sure. I was just wondering if maybe that was happening, but I think no, you're right. No. This still feels like more a shooter thing than a. A combination of genres thing right in fact i'm kind of glad that maybe not a whole lot but we're, we've it, it seems like there weren't quite as many open world like catch-all games this year like you know at least none that like stood out in the way these shooters are standing out no it's not like we didn't have you know like like the one you're like you have like mad max and the assassin's creed and the batman and they're all kind of doing a similar thing we definitely still had plenty like those open world games some of them were pretty good but you know, some of them kind of came and didn't make as big a splash as maybe people thought they would, like a, a Mafia Three, for instance, right? Like where some where some people liked it and talked about it a bit, but not a huge sales or critical success. Mm-hmm. Even Watch Dogs Two kind of seems like it kind of came and went for a lot of people, right? And that's and, uh, yeah, Mafia Three had this sort of excellent narrative and story to go with it, um, but the open world uh, maybe was too ambitious and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there seemed like so many things that were unfinished in, in, in the gameplay and the open world part of the game, and uh, and, and so you know it seems like uh, the developers who sort of fit off exactly what they could deliver um, were in a much better positions. So like Overwatch or Titanfall Two, I mean they're right. very focused games that don't try to do any kind of open world. And Overwatch, Overwatch doesn't like- even try a single player. Right, right and it's. But it's like what it does is just like that, you know, team based uh, 
gaming thing. It's just, it does so well. And it's just like polished ridiculously towards that one goal and these characters and the animation and the scenery and the music. And it's like, oh, wow, this is the production value is just through the roof. And as an experience, they probably couldn't have delivered if they tried to make like a, you know, more ambitious project than that. And I don't know if ambitious is the work, because Overwatch is plenty ambitious in its right. own way. So we have shooters. Uh, let's see uh, some other topics. I thought maybe this might be the year of the mid-cycle console revision. Uh, we got <laughs> PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, you know, Microsoft announced Scorpio. Uh, Nintendo S. is coming out with a Switch that I think they are very much going to embrace mid mid-cycle revisions, where... They slowly update the innards in the way that like a phone does. Uh, they haven't confirmed that, but I feel like that seems pretty likely. Um, would would you guys would you guys agree with that? I, is it too early for that to be the trend this year? I mean, it's definitely something that is happening. Um, we don't know really too well yet how much people are taking. It's kind of like with VR too. I know this kind of other thing. It's like it's a thing that happened in 2016. It's hard to tell if it's a thing that is like a trend. Like at the start of something in any yeah, I, meaningful. Way. I wouldn't know if I wouldn't know if I would say, and this is going to be like our our test. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that 2016 was the year of the mid cycle console revision. It definitely happened, like you said, but I, it, it's not a defining aspect of the year in gaming in 2016. I, I think the console cycle sort of stays unchanged, but the tactic of uh, uh, using a mid cycle change. Um, is something that um, the companies are still trying to use against each other. Like, uh, you know, I felt like the Wii um, sort of won the last generation uh, until Microsoft introduced uh, Kinect. And uh, Kinect wasn't really that functional, but it just sort of uh, was a tactic that uh, was better than the Wii experience and it blunted whatever progress Nintendo was making. And, uh, and it seemed like the Wii sales sort of just sort of slowed down, allowing both, you know, uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 to start gaining ground on. Yeah. So Dean, make sure you stay like, in, in one spot with the microphone. Yeah. You, but it, uh, it, but um, it seems like that's the same thing that's happening now with the, you know, the PlayStation Pro and the PlayStation VR. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to interrupt uh, whatever progress the other, other guy is making. Yeah, that, I mean, it's it's definitely similar. I would say that Connect uh, leans more towards like the like peripherals as disruption, uh, and like PlayStation VR would fit in that and stuff. But in terms of like just upgrading like the hardware, like last generation, it was you know uh, uh, you would add a bunch of hardware storage space and you would give it a cool paint job, and this would be the new Xbox 360 for this holiday. Um, now this year, there this generation around. It doesn't seem like that strategy is enough. People aren't going to buy a, a new system just because it has a bigger hard drive. They can go out and, and attach a new hard drive they, if, themselves if they really want that. So for Sony and Microsoft's strategy is this beef up in power. Um, now, I, but I, I would not. I would still wouldn't say. I think it's too early for that to really be the defining characteristic for this year. Um, I, I wouldn't. It, especially not. Especially not over shooters. I think shooters are still kind of. They're so everywhere they are so ever present that it's hard to like even recognize that it's a trend we thought that maybe that the shooters were dying down a little if anything right. and then yeah. this year's like oh no no nope not at then, all the, then there's the little thing that everybody seemed to steal from each other the grappling hook right yeah okay this is the grappling <laughs> just yeah cause, so this is definitely just cause three and then yeah. uncharted four and uh 
Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2. I'll tell you what, Titanfall 2, I was surprised how quickly I unequipped that grappling hook. Same here. Me too. That's almost the thing that makes me not want to give it to the grappling hook. Because <laughs> I was like, oh man, a grappling hook at Titanfall 2, that's that's all I'm ever going to use. I'm, I don't need anything else. And then like immediately I switched to the, the stem from like Titanfall 1, and I've been using that ever since. Like that night. Also, not didn't show up in the campaign, did it? Not that I can remember. Which is kind of strange. If it did, it was very brief, but that's how the whole game is, Mm -hmm. where they just like have brief moments of gameplay snippets. Um, Yeah, the grappling hook was definitely one that I thought would be the the trend this year, especially coming out of E3. Like it was like, oh man, all these games have the grappling hook, and that's cool. Grappling hooks are awesome. Uh, But yeah, at the end, I was just like, yeah, it's not the way that the like the bow and arrow felt that year that Tomb Raider came out and all those other games came out with it. Uh Can it just Um, still be the year of Luigi? Yeah, you're right. It should. <laughs> you know, in our hearts, it is always the year of Luigi. Right. That was a great year. Um, do we want to talk at all about virtual reality? Is this the year of virtual reality? No. Or is it still too early in the same way that's too early for mid-cycle console revisions? Maybe a little early, less but, early. You know, it's just, it, it's creeping forward uh, and making good progress that way. Like, uh, I put Dead and Buried as one of my sort of alternate uh, best, best games of, of the year, and... I'll have a couple of VR games on my top 10, uh, a couple. I've, I've played even more VR than you have, Dean, uh, so that, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, even there, none, none are cracking the top five. And when we do our collective ga- games beat, Game of the Year discussion, I'm not going to push very hard for any VR game uh, to yeah. be representative of our site as a top 10 game. Yeah. And then I, you know, it reminds me, though, of the years like you know when I, I put one mobile game on my list, and that was a surprise. Right. Like I put Ridiculous Fishing on the yeah, but the difference here is that the mobile was so uh, uh, it, pervasive. It was everyone could get a free, like was downloading free mobile games and things like that. Um, and th- that wasn't, I still, so yeah, so it was easier to call it like the year of mobile gaming because everyone was playing it. The difference here is there's a couple of good games, like there were a couple of good mobile games, but no one's playing it because it's way too expensive. It's out of the out of reach of most people. Um, and until it kind of breaks through that barrier, I think that we probably wouldn't, I still wouldn't call 2016 the year of VR. If, again, not over shooters, at least. Yeah, not yet. So here's, here's my say big it's one. the year of Pokemon oh, Go, though. Right. Well, and, I mean, uh, is it, uh, here, that is another one I want to bring up. gaming and augmented reality. Maybe, maybe not Pokemon, but how about just Pokemon? Like, mm. it felt really like a Pokemon year. I, well, I mean, Pokemon Go was definitely the most exciting thing that was happening for a while right it was definitely the most like hey this is in the news it's a really big deal mm-hmm. and that translated a little bit to when sun and moon came out but like once sun and moon came out you didn't really hear people talking about pokemon sun and moon a, well a I, I just it's a yeah, different but kind of sold, thing because they you, sold more than any other you know pokemon I yeah they had a better had a better start than other pokemon i think that's because of pokemon go but again I, like i don't know if there's been a lot of uh carryover excitement about I, I don't know if that's how pokemon i don't know if that's how it work though i mean it's not sure. going to be a new story in the same way pokemon go is but it's such a bigger beefier game that people are just going to play it and then they'll talk with their friends about it or they'll they have their forums their text message groups their snapchats i don't know what snapchat is but their snapchats where they discuss pokemon go uh or po- pokemon sun and moon I, with I each other snapchat i can send you some snaps jeff yeah send me some send me some snaps mm-hmm. mike send me your snaps send me some snaps on my my mega man theme park and Rook- <laughs> yeah. uh, i was called rockers tycoon planet coaster it'd be great yeah oh yeah I, I actually you should just live stream that i would actually watch that go. um so but um i don't know i think it was a very much a pokemon year but 
most years are Pokemon years. Pokemon is always that popular. It just had that breakout thing with Poke with Pokemon Go in the summer. Right. And, and it was kind of attention. It's kind of insular, wasn't it? Maybe it affected Nintendo in, in a bit of a way, the way they got Mario run out a little faster than maybe we thought. Yeah. But outside of that, it's not like, you know, it affected the industry. It's not, we didn't even really see Pokemon right. Go clones like maybe you thought we would, right? Yeah, like, I mean there's definitely a couple and I'm more are coming. I'm sure more sure. are coming very soon. But you're right. I, that would be more like an AR story, and I, I'm not going to make 2016 the year of AR just because of Pokemon Go. There's no way in hell. So that's like a t- different discussion entirely. Um, it, it is interesting to me that I, I think you know they're probably Pokemon Go is probably going to make uh, more money this year than um, something like Titanfall 2. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I mean, so it's it's just uh, uh, the, the biggest mobile sort of games. A reminder that when you go after a billion people, it's yeah, a possible audience. Yeah, but the thing is that, I mean, Titanfall 2 was still more of a sure thing for the the, like the return on investment that EA got from that than Pokemon Go ever was. Uh, I mean, clearly, yeah, there's a bigger chance to do really well with a smaller budget game on mobile. But and this is a different topic again, but it's like there's like three or four or five games that are going to make a billion dollars on mobile. And then there's a whole lot of other games that are going to make way less than that. It's a very top-heavy industry. And that's not that much different from traditional gaming. But traditional game, you release a AAA game, and you're going to get a return on that investment that it's going to be pretty sizable, more sizable than any mid-range mobile game. And when I I think of, like, uh, the value that that creates, uh, like, a supercell with 200 people who's valued in a transaction at $10 billion dollars. And Ubisoft, with 10,000 people, is valued in the stock market at $3.7 billion. It's like a, a crazy sort of mismatch. Yeah. And yeah, and 2016 was a kind of a shift in that. But again, I, I just don't know if uh, if mobile is secure enough. It, it, like, in terms of if a new developer were to come into the space with a really great idea, if they could succeed. Uh, and that, make, that makes me want to hesitate about naming anything in mobile as uh, like the top trend of the year. Um, that, that, figure, that figure that I just brought up, though, it causes me some worry about right. um, you know where where the money is going to go. Like uh, you know, if, if you're making money, then more money goes in that direction. And if it, uh, yeah. if it seems like it's easier, you know, to make money in well, this is a concern with Nintendo games. for yeah. sure. I think I, as someone who's a fan of Nintendo games, if they start seeing that they could spend a hundred thousand dollars defi- uh, developing mobile games and they're going to get you know 20x the return on that in a couple of months uh in 20x might be you know conservative con- considering what they can do with mobile they might you're right they might start shifting their development resources to mobile but i think that's also a 2017 story and it's like right now it's like a concern so getting back to, to this topic right now i think that the big one that i want to discuss and then we'll kind of have to decide is loot boxes because i think it kind of covers a lot of these different topics that we have been talking about where almost every major game in 2016 has some form of loot box it's it's the reason that games like um ga- games like uh, overwatch and a bunch of others a bunch of mobile games use loot boxes why they make so much money um, even after like they charge sixty bucks or forty bucks or whatever, and they were in they were everywhere. Um, I kind of feel like this is the year that developers decided, you know, we haven't raised the price of a game in ten years since two thousand five or whenever the Xbox three sixty came out that went from fifty dollars to sixty dollars. We have got to start, you know, stealthily raising the price of games by increasing the average revenue we make per player and 
after struggling with DLC for years and putting a ton of resources into that for not a great return, here's this method that people are eating up. It's loot boxes with cosmetic items or, you know, game crucial items. doesn't matter. People are spending money and some people are spending a ton of money on these things uh, to really fund development, you know, for years and years. Like, we probably won't get an Overwatch 2 because no. instead they'll have loot boxes. <laughs> loot boxes I think, like, there is, there is, like, a of like a almost like a reaction that has happened here and you know the you know the $60 triple game makers are looking at uh, the you know, mobile games with uh, their whales and the people who just spend you know like a million bucks or so on you know being number one or you know just whatever they can get uh, special, and that's your but that you're not they buy, right you're not like using a, a like a a crazy number. There are people who spend a million or two million dollars, like individuals who spend that yeah. much on a single video game on mobile. Yeah, like we that, that has happened. Those guys, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, but I guess when the the AAA companies look at that and they say, "Oh, we we have whales as well, but we've only been charging them sixty bucks." And, right. You know, like why don't we just come up with these things that um, maybe one percent of our audience is going to buy, but they're also going to pay lot of money for um, these extras and so you know, the deluxe edition editions or you know unlocking a game 30 days early um, right these, that was a thing we things saw. are, are uh, sort of ways that the the game companies the triple a game companies are figuring out how how to learn from another segment of games that's very successful I think loot boxes were sort of one of the ways that they figured figured out this is how we reward our high rollers yeah. Um, Mike, you have any thoughts on it? Um, I guess, you know, me personally, I haven't, you know, I mostly deal with it in Overwatch, which I, I play a lot. And it's actually a system I like a, a lot, in at least the way they handle it, right? Where it's just all cosmetic. You do learn, you do earn some of them just by playing the game. Not very often. Right. And yeah, you often know, enough. They, they even made it more often in our recent update. Right. And yeah, I, it's kind of. It's definitely smart. I definitely kind of like it compared to what it was like 10 years ago, right? When what we always got were these map packs and we were buying map. We were just buying the new content when it came out. And it was just kind of annoying. Whereas now with Overwatch and almost all these games now, the maps just kind of are released, right? And then they kind of are funding that with these loot boxes. And they have these very smart kind of holiday events like the one going on in Overwatch right now where not only is it like encouraging people to just play the game and earn loot boxes in the game right. but i might spend money right i've already oh, spent money, I will spend I'm, money. I'm going to yeah like if I, especially if i don't get a couple of those skins i'm gonna spend money and it it's interesting because if i have never ever paid any money on any of that my gameplay experience would be exactly the same right i would just be wearing a different outfit and for some reason i put value in that and, and it's, it's fine and i'm not mad at anyone about it it's like hey that's no no but I, I think it's ten dollars whatever what you're describing is, I think they figured it out. I yeah. think they have, we've crossed the Rubicon before. Had they tried this three or four years ago, even with just cosmetics, I think a lot of people might've been more upset than we are. I think the consumers are ready and developers have figured out the right business model for both on free to play on mobile, free to play on console and PC and premium price games where they, uh, they see that there's an audience of people that want to spend way more money than previously they were, they had the power to like Dean was saying, like they were, they have whales, but they were only charging them $60. And the, 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 the answer right now is they cannot raise the price of games from $60 to 70 or $80. Consumers would flip out. 
Like, I mean, oh, they're yeah. way, consumers are way too loud right now. They have way too much power on Reddit and on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, the, the comment sections for, for those things, if they were to try to do something like that, would be brutal be and it would be a mess. And they'd probably have to roll it back. Um, so the way, they, the way that they can get through this is by these creative monetization methods that enable those, those whales to really just spend thousands of dollars over time if they want to. Because, uh, you know, there's enough of those that they can subsidize the rest of us. Yeah, I think um, like Activision's a good example of that with Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and then putting a whole brand new game into it with uh, Modern Warfare Remastered. Yeah, Modern Warfare just got microtransactions. And I think that's the first time like a, a, a classic remaster, uh, you know, an HD upgrade or whatever it was, gets the, the, the monetization method because they see that they need that in there if they're really going to justify putting this game out for their they show. They have like show zombies, so it's like three games in one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that gives yeah, even more ways of monetizing. So I, I, I think loot boxes are the be- is the best example of this creative monetization. And I think it is the, the the epitome of like what we would hold up for, like how they are making more money from games. So that, to me, that's the trend. Uh, but maybe it is just like we could call it creative monetization. But I'd rather just say loot boxes is the trend. But I guess that brings me to you back to you guys. Would you is it loot boxes or shooters? What was the bigger trend in 2016. And I feel like loot boxes kind of encompasses shooters a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. And I mean, loot boxes is definitely a bit more of a new and unique thing to 2016, whereas shooters have been around before. It just happened to be a real good year for them. So yeah, right. loot box sounds fun to me. I feel okay. like uh, story, story-based story shooters are really sort of uh, a big trend as well, where um, you know the investment that goes into the storytelling side of the game uh, you know, is now... Um, you know, on the level of bringing in Hollywood screenwriters and, you know, uh, uh, Maf- Mafia 3, um, you know, so, so much of the game's focus there was in the, the main story and all of the twists that, ha- that happened. And I, I, I feel like um, uh, if there's any extra investment that's going into shooters now, it's, it's on this front because they're using that to keep the gamer longer, to keep us all engrossed and to to have us just play it a lot more than games that are just missing some of this. I mean, now, Over, Overwatch is more like an exception to this, but um, all the other shooters that came out this year just you know, have have some really phenomenal storytelling that you know puts it puts them up on a level you know that's more interesting than movies. Yeah, that and definitely. I, so I think what we would do here is. I'm pretty comfortable making loot boxes the trend of 2016. 2016 was the year of loot boxes, but uh, when we write up the story, I want to have a runner-up, and I think it's going to be shooters with an emphasis, especially on... This is just says the year of Mike Naughty, as all years are. I, Mike, it was going to be my present to you. I was actually going to do that. I knew it. But you've spoiled it now. Now I'm not, uh, not going to get anything. No. All right, guys, we, we're running out of time. We might actually only be able to do two topics this Ooh. episode, so uh, let's see. We're going to jump... Right into it. Uh, let's do the top five mobile games of, of 2016. Yeah, um, we need Dean for that one because yeah, exactly. Because I'm so, a slightly self-proclaimed mobile game, not hater, but skeptic. Still, yeah, I would I'm, say. I'm sure. You, I mean, you'll probably you probably played at least one that's going to be on this I've list. I think. played. I played some still. Sure. Right. I mean, and, I can uh, think of one that I played. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I guess the, the question, question to me is: Is there anything to talk about besides Clash Royale and Pokemon Go? No, I, Mario. Yes, there are there are a couple. Um, Mario Run. Hang on real quick. I want to make uh, something clear here. This is going to be our top five mobile games in 2016. Uh The difference here is it's not of 2016. 
I'm not, I don't want to, I don't care if a game came out in 2015 because on mobile games are living. They are always uh, changing. The game that came out in 2014 has gotten so many updates. It's indistinguishable from that game in 2016. It's, it might as well be a new game. So if there is a game like, and I'm looking at you, Mike, like Hearth, Hearthstone that you think should be on this list because it was one of the best mobile games in 2016, I would want it, I would want it See, ar- argued for and maybe have, have a spot You kind of brought that up and it's interesting to me. Hearthstone is not a mobile game to me. I right. very you don't, rarely play it on my phone. When I right. do, it's kind of a strange instance. I That's almost 99% of the time I play that game, it is a PC game to me. And not even on your tablet or anything? No. No, okay. Not even All right. Then. Well, then, I mean, you'd probably want to end up on this list then. There Jason is. Sorry. Mad, there is. Yeah, it's Jason should have up. It's, uh, it seems like it's its best form to me is on the tablet. Yeah, I mean, but see? Mike plays it more than either of us, and I, I, I could see it like, I don't know. It, it, it was made by PC, a PC developer, and I'm sure it's a good, it's it's a great mobile version of that, but I, yeah, just, I could see when it. When I just, play it, I mean, I play it for, you know, kind of a while. So just to hold something <laughs> that whole time, I don't know, you know? If that right. makes any sense. I think what's no, interesting also is that there are some games that are coming out that uh, feel like they're not playable on a on a, a smartphone, but they are really great on a tablet. And I would give, I would give some examples. Dawn of Titans is a great example. There, it's it's just like you cannot you know you cannot really um, uh, just hit the right point on the touchscreen. Um, with you know just so many different things moving around on it, um, that it's just not playable uh, on, a, on a iPhone six. Uh, but but it is you know very in, in entertaining on a tablet. And uh, the War Commander Rogue Assault game that just came out, same same kind of problem is that there's lots of things moving around on the screen. You have to hit one and then you know point it to something that you're going to attack. Yeah, you know, I, I mean this, maybe maybe like the biggest phones, maybe like the biggest like iPhone. And the biggest, like, uh, you know, Samsung Galaxy Note or something when they're not exploding, maybe you could play it on there. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I don't get that, why, why they would just make a game that kind of runs best on tablet, because tablets so I mean, they, much they tried, but, but graphically, right. it's just uh, such a start. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to start putting some games on this list, uh, and actually, um, we, we, we could talk about them, and then I'll put them up here on the right-hand side so people watching the video can see us discuss them as we go. Uh, but I think Pokemon Go, uh, let's, sure. let's put it up on there. Um, what? Do, oh, I you guys think it? I mean, I understand a lot of people at the time, and they still would argue that it's not a very good video game. <laughs> but I would disagree. I mean, it was definitely I, a broken game a lot of times. Right, right, it's bro- broken. Yes, one hundred percent with you. It was broken, but it was still fun, and it did what it was supposed to do. It was different. It it, cre- yeah. it it actually created memories, right? Like I did stuff with my friends in that game, and the real world. It was just. It was a really exciting moment that it was just it was a very unique thing yeah it created a change in behavior getting getting people off the couch and right it, it is kind of a shame that i'm not sure if that's going to keep up or like if, if next summer are we gonna all be out with our phones again or was that just kind of a one-time deal i don't know well i think if they ever get this gigantic update out then you know they've got a I chance uh, but yeah it seems like they're trickling it out now, is it better or worse than Clash Royale? I think it's better, but Clash Royale is not my thing. I think it's better than Clash Royale as well. Um, but I being, think Clash Royale is actually uh, a lot more um, sustaining purely on gameplay. I, I think 
think yeah, your, uh, your motivation well, to play Clash Royale is that I want to I want to outwit somebody else in a in a you know game that has uh, quite a few fun little tactical decisions to make. And it definitely, the definitely motivation had those with things. Pokemon Go is to go out for a walk. Yeah, but I, I think that I think what you're doing there is you're finding a um, you're comparing a traditional gameplay mechanic that we all know. Oh, that's gameplay against something that was a very new idea of what gameplay can be going out for a walk. It, it's that's kind of reductive. It's it's way more than that. You're going out for a walk to explore the world to, you know, to find these creatures and then to find to battle these creatures against uh, other other people's creatures at gyms and to discover new Pokestops in your area. And it's like a whole other idea of exploration that we haven't seen before because it's an entirely new idea uh, for a game. I mean, you know, not considering Niantic's previous games, which were very similar, but, you know, it was, it was so huge that it introduced it to so many more people. Um, and it's such a, a great idea, a great wrapper of the Pokemon brand that I, I think it's... It, to me, it's more impressive and more fun than, than Clash Royale. And my, my criticisms of Clash Royale, while I still I like the game, it's very good. I, I see where the craft went. Uh, but Clash Royale, it's not necessarily always just outwitting your opponent. It's outwitting your opponent in the moment. And then three or four fights later, once you've unlocked all the packs you can unlock it for that moment, it is seen how you absolutely need to spend money to continue moving up the, the, the path. And then the game's just like, here are all the reasons you should be spending money on this game, because then you could have that, you know, that, uh, you know, that unit that, that your opponent has, he keeps beating you with that. And every time you get high enough, you see that, you see that unit and it keeps beating you over and over. You don't have that. And you could get it if you played this game nonstop all the time. Uh, or well, you can I, pay I us mean, money I, right now. I've been, I've been playing it the whole year and I haven't spent any money. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm actually not perfectly you can, happy you going up against somebody who's kind of similar in ability to me. Um, and I don't really care that I'm not really advancing that high because you know, every time I advance high, I get knocked back down by somebody. Um, right. And, uh, and yet, you know, I've, I'm getting a lot of you know, entertainment out of just uh, uh, playing in the, the sort of the band of players where uh, I, can, I can be competitive without spending money. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't deny that at all. I would just say that for me, it was much more obvious the pain points that Clash Royale was putting into its game or Supercell was putting into Clash Royale than it was with Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, obviously, it has its own where it wants you to spend money, uh, especially if you're a rural, rural. I can't say that word. If you're out in the country, mm. you don't have any Pokestops around your house. I, I, I do think this is why Clash Royale monetizes so well and it's you know going to generate more than $1.1 billion dollars just in the first 11 months of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I guess, um, uh, you know, there, there are uh, other examples out there, like Dawn of Titans, you know, we've, we've got someone who just reviewed it and, and found that, uh, you know, it was really frustrating just to try to wait uh, to get past um, all of the monetization walls um, uh, just by, you know, waiting out the building of buildings and things like that. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the, the game companies have to start realizing, I think, that, um, that they do lose a lot of players this way. And I think Clash Royale loses players this way, and so, so will Dawn of Titans. Um, War Commander, which just came out today, um, has this instant build where you can get a building and you instantly um, can use it. And, you know, they, they know that they're giving up um, 
uh, some monetization there. Uh, they're leaving money on the table. Uh, but they think happier players uh, are actually going to stick around longer. And so it's a very, you know, sort of interesting decision that right. they've I, made. I, and, and I think you, you have this sort of on a, like on a slider, uh, and the game developers have to sort of choose, okay, where do we want to be on right. this slider? Right. And I, I think figuring out the position on that slider that a game should be um, is kind of where the mobile industry is at right now. And for me, Clash Royale, as great of a game as it is, especially design-wise, um, it's it's too far to the one end of that slider for me to truly love it. And I, that's I, I'm just my argument here is not for it to not be on the list. My argument here is just I don't want it to be number one because I don't I, I'm kind of a, I, I'm hesitant to reward a game for so blatantly using the the, the fun pain, which is an old term that was you know for mobile gaming, uh, free to play gaming, uh, and and to see it so blatantly in the game bums me out and I just don't want to reward it with number one on our, on our list. So I'm happy with it being number two after Pokemon go, but we don't necessarily have to decide that right this second. Why don't we make out the rest of this list? So we'll get a couple more games on here and then we'll, we'll put it in order um, how we think it should be. So uh, right now I have Pokemon go clash Royale and Dawn of Titans. Um, I'm going to add one while you guys think of anything else you might want to add here. It's called Metro mini. Um, have you got, either of you guys played this game? Nope. No. All right. So Metro, uh, Metro Mini is this game where you are basically a designer of an underground um, you know, subway system and all these dots pop up on the map where triangles and squares and circles are lining up at these subway stops and you have to connect them with different lines to enable them to get around the map to their location. It's a, it's a puzzle game. It's a real-time puzzle game and it's one of the... It's, it's, it's a clever idea. I really like that mechanic of you know designing the the underground map at the same time it's just got this really beautiful style where it looks like if you imagine um like a paper map you would get to understand the new york underground transit system uh where it's got those like really bright red lines and the yellow lines and the purple lines connected to circles it's it's that exact thing uh you know in terms of its visual aesthetics and i really like that it's really appealing and it makes me want to keep going back even though the game is very frustrating at times when you feel like you're getting overwhelmed with all these people that need to get to their stops and stuff um and it's it's also a premium priced app which i i, I think is you know rare and getting more and more rare on mobile uh but it's one that i think is worth the price it's only like two or three bucks um so i would put it on this list but you know i'm willing to hear what else you guys might have that you i'm kind of curious on why dean was uh earlier uh kind of uh not re- receptive to Super Mario Run being on the list. Um, well, I haven't I haven't spent my money yet, so I'm just playing these these free free levels. And you know it uh, it uh, it doesn't sort of um, do some things that I would expect it to do. Like the, you're constantly moving forward, right? And if I want to go backward, I can't go backward. At least I haven't figured out how to go backward. No, you can't um, go. It's an auto runner. You can't go backwards. Yeah. Uh, so um, why not? Like you know, you can in a Mario game. Right? Um, so it's well, Super uh, Mario Brothers. You can go back a little bit, but you, it stops at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You can only yeah. go back like ten feet. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of the games where you can do that, <laughs> they're more fun. I guess. So. so I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I... of other other titles that uh, just seem like they were, um, you know, a little more innovative. Um, something like Color Switch. Um, 
know, Color Switch got downloaded 130 million times this year. And, uh, you know, it, it just was doing something different where you're just, you know, popping the screen, trying to get, um, uh, you know, a ball from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen. And it just goes in the way. Right? And so it was just, uh, you know, uh, I, I almost would rather have seen something like more original from Nintendo than a well, runner, I mean, runner game that I've played before, um, just with Mario as the character on it. I kind of get that. I, I don't think. It, I don't think, especially on phones, like a runner is better or worse if you can turn around, right? I think I kind of like that idea that you are, you know, you're moving, and it kind of makes it a bit more about reflexes, right? Like you have that second or two to make the decision if you're going to jump or not, and you know, once you you kind of miss it, you, you miss it, or you have to try again. I think that's fine. I agree that it's not a super innovative game. I think it works better than a lot of the other games like it. I think it controls. You know very well. Uh, I think it has you know that kind of Nintendo production that you don't you know you sometimes you rarely see in a mobile game. Um, but I mean, I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't played Color Switch. I kind of have to take your word on that. It already sounds more interesting just from what you're saying on it. But I sort of uh, see like also just um, some mistakes that Nintendo made communicating about the game. Like you know, why did so many people wind up outraged that after you know three levels you have to Ten bucks oh. for the game. Why were they surprised? Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're surprised because they they don't they don't pay any attention to yeah. anything about gaming, and they're, that's the reason Nintendo is making mobile games in the first place because they want to reach this audience that typically isn't paying attention to games. Yeah. Uh, so even though Nintendo has said over and over the game is ten dollars in all in the lead up to the to the release, mm-hmm. most people are just like, oh, I. Oh, there's a Mario game on iOS. Uh, I just heard this because my friend was playing it. Or, you know, there was a bunch of there was a big hubbub about it on Twitter. I'll go download it. Oh, it's free to download. This is great. And then they get to level three, and they're like, Oh, I have to pay, and I can't play any more levels unless I pay. This is horseshit. And it's just like, okay, well, um, they're they're just used to. I think this is an audience, and this is not. It's everyone. an audience people, Nintendo's not used to. Right. Yeah, and it's an audience that won't pay money for games. Like there's a. Like, yes, there's a lot of people that have and, legitimate you know, complaints about the cost of, of Super Mario Run, but there there is an audience of people that is enormous that has never spent any money on gaming and, and, and uh, mobile uh, games. Other, and other never people will. have solved this problem that Nintendo had, which was, uh, you know, but for it, the free people, just show, is them, it a problem, ad, though? show them advertisement. Right? Yeah, but I don't uh, think they want to get a, uh, get a There's free no way version. Nintendo's going to put ads in the game. No way in hell. And I don't you know, know if it's a problem. Uh, is it know, a problem? It's, like it's they're always making money. like an overlooked part of, of how to monetize a game properly. Because uh, you know there's people, two audiences. There's ones who will never pay. And uh, right, you know, but I there's think they're ones just who like, pay. And there's 5%, 5% of the people will pay. Why don't you monetize the 95% of other players who want because, to play your game? Because the game's probably going to do fine either way, even without the money from, that, from ads. And then the but game you, doesn't It's have not about the money. It's about making those people happy. But I, but I don't think Nintendo cares. Nintendo is happy. But but Nintendo can make people happy if they reduce the price of Super Mario, uh, you know, the, the the latest 3D platformer for the Wii U, which came out several years ago now. Uh, Super Mario World, uh, whatever it was, World. 3D World. Yeah, uh, if they drop the price from 50 bucks to 30 bucks to you know 20 bucks, whatever. But they they don't they take years to do that because they're like pay the money or you just don't get to play the game. That's been their strategy this entire time. I think. And I think there's still room for there. Okay, maybe there's not room for that in mobile, but but who cares? Like that doesn't hurt the game. It doesn't make the game worse. Or for, it only makes the game worse for people that don't want to pay the money. And 
you know, they're not going to spend money anyhow. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo doesn't want ads in the game. I don't want ads in the well, game. There, there was another way to do this, too. And uh, I forget the name of the monetization company that, that said this, but um, had they reduced, they, they argued that had they reduced the price from $10 to $2, it would have gone from like 1% or 2% conversion of those players to buying to 10%. Uh, and you're actually then getting the same amount of money coming in to Nintendo and revenues. But they make ten percent of the people happy instead of just two yeah. percent, right? But they so. could always they could always reduce the price, and they probably will because of, because of what you're saying. But you can you can always go down. You can't go back up. And I think they wanted to see what they would get with ten dollars. But this is kind of this is outside this this conversation. I don't know if that necessarily has a, um if it reflects the quality of of Super Mario Run and whether or not it should be on this list. Um, right now I, I have Pokemon Go, Clash Royale, Dawn of Titans, Metro Mini, Super Mario Run, and Color Switch. Um, should we put any more on here before we start uh, uh, cutting stuff off and arranging? No, that's right. Most of the year playing this uh, Star Trek mobile game that was like the epitome of a mobile game that I only played because it liked that Star Trek characters were in it. And I don't think that considered. I don't think that requires consideration. <laughs> what did what'd you guys think of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes? That um, you know it came out in November of last last year, but it actually sustained itself uh, through the rankings uh, all through this right. year. It seemed to be the most popular of the Star Wars mobile games, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be for long. I think this Force Arena game, which is just a Clash Royale clone, which isn't out yet, but it's coming soon. I think it's going to replace it. Um, Galaxy of Heroes, I-, I couldn't really get into. I tried. That wasn't it my just thing. Didn't, yeah, it just didn't register with me. It, that's the EA one, I, right? Yeah, I think it's good for Star Wars fans. It's like the Star Trek game yeah. that I knew wasn't really very good. I kind of liked it anyways. In, in a weird way. I think maybe this game was even maybe better than that. So if you really liked Star Wars and it was, you know, fun for you to collect all these heroes, then sure. I yeah. Know so, I mean, I don't know. Dean, do you, do, would you want to put it on this list? Dan, you let me know and I'll add it. And we um, figure out if it makes the top five. Really, but I, I, I'm at the point where I have to get off the call soon. Uh, okay. So, all right. Um, well, let's, I, I guess let's, uh, my vote for, for this is Clash Royale. All right. Um, I think Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Go should be number one. Well, don't look at Dude, me Mike, to tie break this crap. Uh, I mean, I look. Here's, here's the only thing I'll say is that Clash Royale was like the top mobile game this year that you maybe probably would have expected, and Pokemon Go wasn't. Right? So that's what makes Pokemon Go more interesting to me. You guys are always ganging it up on me. I know. I'm <laughs> right? Sorry, Dean. I feel bad, but I, I think you're. I still think you're wrong. I think. <laughs> I think Pokemon Go is a, a better mobile game. Dean, you um, need to find a sidekick. Like I have Jeff as my sidekick. <laughs> Damn, all right, you're right. Clash here. Royale. Never get mind. Jason back here. Jason probably yeah. hates all of this stuff. I, um, you okay. probably would have argued uh, for Pokemon Go to be fair. I yeah, think, I think right? so too. So yeah. all right, okay, okay. I, right, I think I it's gonna be Pokemon out. Go. All, all right. right, Dean. All right, now we can make it list whatever yeah. we want. Exactly. Right. Have a good one, Dean. All right. Thanks. Bye. Yep. All right, Mike. Um, what do you want? I think we should make. I think Super Mario Run should be on the top five if you think it. Oh, um, yeah. If you, I mean, what is this Dawn of the Titans stuff anyways? I'll just put Color Switch there to make Dean happy and get rid of that. Yeah. How about that? That's good. All right. I'm, oh, Dean is still just clicking away on his computer. Everyone can hear that. <laughs> just Dean, get clicks. off the call. I know. <laughs> just mute yourself in the damn cast. He can't find the cast window is the problem. He doesn't oh, know where it is. <sighs> we have to deal with that old man all the time. <laughs> all right. Um... Okay, so let's see here. I'm going to fix his window real quick, and then 
Well, let's let's just figure out this top five. So, Poke- I think Pokemon Go is number one, and you're gonna agree with me. And then oh, yes, of Clash Royale number two because he 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 was pretty adamant about He's that. He's pretty gun um, about it. I don't really care about Donna Titans. Um, no, I, get, that, I, get that off of here. Yeah, I know it's kind of a big game, but I, I don't want it. I don't think it should be on the list. Um, and then now, Super Mario Run. Would you put it at three, four, or five? <laughs> Look, I haven't played. I haven't played three or five, so. Okay, well, I'm gonna keep Metro Mini at three, Super Mario Run at four, and Color Switch at five. I like that list. This is my approval pointing at you. Like, You're hey, clicking and pointing, so I'm yeah. That must mean that we good. did good. We did good. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so the top five. Pokemon Go, Clash Royale, Metro Mini, Super Mario Run, Color Switch. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so, cool. Yeah, let me see here. We were going to do one more, but I think we're, we'll just wait. We'll do that tomorrow, um, and we'll air it next week. So, that's going to be the best new gaming universe. basically best, like, debut, best new, like, IP or something like that. Oh, that's like, the one we talk about a lot of things in the pick Overwatch. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, I guess we, I think we could just wrap this up, Mike. I'm going to start saying goodbye. Thanks for everyone for watching. Uh, we'll have you know full posts on these discussions, uh, so you can c- catch there. If, if you have complaints, if you have games that you think should be on this list, email us at games plus or games plus podcast at Um, and yeah, Mike, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at gamesbeat.com, of course. Also. I do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother at ebpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. And I am, let's see, let's see what you wrote this time. I'm Jeff Grubb Poop, but McFart, McFarty's P-Man on Twitter. Well, it's getting much I didn't more write complicated that. to say. <laughs> Jeff Grubb you. Poop, but Fart, McFarty's P-Man. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Uh, he's messing with me in the uh, in the podcast rundown document, which is I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. I, I'm, I actually want to see how far it goes before <laughs> I just get tired of it. Um, and then you can get me on YouTube, uh, j- youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Um, I make videos there every once in a while. Uh, yeah, and we'll be back. I think we, we might broadcast the game of the year discussion tomorrow. We might not. I might just save it and broadcast it like as a recording next week instead. Um, if you want to catch that, though, like us on Facebook and you'll be able to see it when we go live. Uh, until then, we'll be back with a normal episode on Monday and a bunch of other Game of the Year stuff next week. So thanks for watching, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Um, we need an outro. It's still just no cats. I think no Deans. No Deans. Get out of here, Dean, with your Get out of here, Dean. game I didn't play. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I think we're done. Let me just end the cast. Mm-hmm. <sighs>